Hey, Lethal listeners, Tig Torres here. Stay tuned for the next episode of Lethal Lit. But before we dive into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Reporting live from the scene of the latest victim in a recent slew of deaths that has rocked the community of Hollow Falls. This time, the HFPD have lost one of their own, Detective Jake Lahane. Okay, Jake, take a deep breath. Now is not the time to lose control. Gosh. All of his blood. Doris? Hey, Doris. It's me, Carver. Are you hurt? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just trying to process what... It's gonna be okay, Tig. Can you tell me what happened? I heard tires squealing, but I couldn't really see the car. By the time I got to him, he was in the road, all bent and bloody. Damn it, I warned him. Got too close. Uh, What? He was a good cop. Bit of an opportunist, but the best partner I'd had in years. You hang around here long enough, you know the type. Either move on to bigger cities with bigger challenges, or... Burn out fast. Jake, he wanted to crack this case so badly. Wanted to be the hero. But this lit killer isn't just a crazy person. It's an infection on this town. (sighs) All right, let's clear this scene. Lahane was one of ours, people. Let's do right by him. It's over. It's all ending. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Detective Lahane, our one friend in the police department, is now dead. But if you've been listening to this podcast, you know his death was no random accident. Lahane was run over by the lit killer, which means... We've lost our only supporter inside the police department just as the murderer is starting to evolve. In the original killings, the books or clues left at a crime scene would point back to the murder itself. But this time, he called it in advance, dropping clues about the great Gatsby to us in Lahane before the murder. Was he taunting us? showing off that he knew exactly how we'd react, how Lahane would try to take matters into his own hands. It's in these dark moments that people have to step up. I know Aunt Beth did. She just didn't have anyone she could count on. If she had, she would have made it to the finish line and solved this. I feel like I'm so close to cracking the case. I just need that one last break to figure it out. It's so frustrating. Everything in Hollow Falls is on lockdown. I'm at home on suggested bed rest. Detective Carver had me checked out at the hospital, but they said I just needed sleep. In the last 24 hours, my friends and I have been terrorized, injured, and kidnapped. Max and I both survived an encounter with the lit killer, while Detective Lahane did not. So, needless to say, Detective Carver isn't letting any of us out of our sight. Not even Ella. If we want to meet, 
we've got to slip past the black and white stationed outside our houses. But the upside to being in solitary? Lots more time to think. And two things stick out. First, the murder of Detective Lahane was rushed. The lit killer only had time to make the broad strokes. No note, no elaborate staging. Is he worried because we're getting close to catching him? Or is it just part of a more complex plan? Uh, abuela, um, what's up? Is everything okay? Uh, I'm in the middle of recording. Jose, the podcast. I know how important it is to you, mi niña, but lunch is on the table. And I don't cook for ghosts, okay? I made your favorite, ropa vieja. Ah, abuela, rico. Gracias, I'll be down in a few minutes, okay? Mm, remember what that police lady said, Tigita. The energy around us is dark. The flock is so thick. You have to rest, take care of yourself. Abuela, and... I get it. Uh, be down soon. Stop with all the murder talk when there is really nice robbery found in As I was saying, second thing that sticks out. Now that I've basically memorized all of the Aunt Beth tapes, I know they cover most of the victims. Amandola, Del Canto, Sr., Wozniak. Except for one. There's a missing death. But, um... Check this out. I've listened to these tapes more times than St. Vincent's latest, and I'd never heard this before. Benefits of spacing out and leaving the file playing until the end. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. That's important. But the pieces aren't adding up, and as usual, I'm running out of tape. Sam, if you hear this, if I go down, this is on you. I'm counting on you to finish this in the event that I can't. Fahrenheit 451 is a major clue. Why? Well, in all the books my aunt mentions in her tapes, each one is lined up with a victim, except for this one. So why would she name drop just the Bradbury book here? Because it was a message to herself and to her only other hope, her partner, Sam Steiner. If we're missing a piece to this puzzle, there's a good chance Hollow Falls' favorite BLT-loving hermit might have it. Sorry, abuela. Your ropa vieja will have to wait. I've got a craving for some old-school diner food. Tig, we've been sitting here for, like, years. I feel gray hairs forming. Wynn and I are outside the Star Diner entering our three of our stakeout. We managed to ditch our security detail. Abuela and her home-cooked food make for the perfect distraction. So now we're sitting here in Wynn's mom's car, hoping for another glimpse of our elusive Bigfoot Sam Steiner. So when are we going to talk about you and Ollie? Um, the day after never? We're on a stakeout here. We don't have time to, like, gossip. Tig, we're on a stakeout. We've literally got nothing but time to kill. Are you uncomfortable talking about having sex with Ollie? I, what? Whoa, no, just... I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. I mean, at first, I thought I got a vibe off of you, but... 
What kind of vibe? Like, an uh, into chicks vibe? You get that, right? Some people are gay. Of course I get that. I'm from New York. I know all types of people. Okay. Sure. You really got that vibe off of me? That I was into girls? It doesn't matter. Girls, boys, bi, pan. That's your business to figure out. All I'm saying is, if you're feeling Ollie, that's cool. If you're just into dudes, also cool. But if you're confused about whether you're into girls... Yeah? I'm here to help. Um, I don't really know what to say to all that, but I guess... Thanks, Wynn? Ah! Tig, roll, roll down your window. Oh, uh, hey, Sam. Funny, uh, running into you here. Get up, follow me. After our pulse rates returned to normal, Sam led us to his trailer, which is 100% the place you live when you don't want anyone to ever visit. He offered us some tea, which we hoped would come with a side of more tea. I saw you guys hovering outside the diner hours ago. I was wondering when you would get the guts to come to me directly. What? You were playing hard to get? Tig, your ramp was unstoppable. When there was something or someone she was after, she was like a machine. A steely-eyed focus. She set up all these clues for us to follow, each of which has led back to one of her tapes. I know she was pointing me in a direction for a reason, but uh, I'm just not sure which. Uh, vague notes and clues? Uh, an easy roadmap to follow? No. That, that, that doesn't sound like best style. I get that she's probably your hero, and you've put her on this, this pedestal, but what are you trying to accomplish by just following along? Are you bringing anything of your own to the table? Huh? Why are we talking to this guy again? You're full of it, Sam. Excuse me? I know I'm not my Aunt Beth. And yeah, maybe following her clues looks like I'm just retracing her steps. But what's your excuse? Why do you give up? Didn't give There's another tape, isn't there? Who, who told you that? It's the only explanation for the gap in Aunt Beth's narrative. And like you said, she's not the type to leave loose ends. Huh. Maybe I was quick to judge you after all. The best reporters push through. They, they learn what to do when their investigation hits a roadblock. They backtrack. Right. So, my aunt mentions the book Fahrenheit 451 early on as one the killer used for inspiration. But yet, none of the six murders, including her own, line up with that book. Which makes me wonder if there's still another tape. And another murder out there. And if there's anyone who could have it, it's you. In your research so far, have you come across the name Anna Kildeen? Who? I've held on to this for a decade. Since that, that day when I let it go there, to the crossing, alone. Where were you that night? I was a desk jockey. The reporter who could work the phones. I, I was a writer. I wasn't the guy to pound the pavement. That's why we made such a good team. I wanted to help, but there was no way I could follow her into that place. It just wasn't me. Way to wuss out, dude. He was just scared. So what? 
If she was such a good friend of his and her life was in danger, then why didn't he... I don't need to explain myself to you. Here, take the tape. Do something with it. When Sam handed me the tape, I felt an electric shock. This could be the key to everything. My Aunt Beth wasn't killed because she was annoying the lit killer. She was killed because she was close to figuring out who they were. And the only other person who knew how close she got was Steiner, who's here hiding evidence in his dingy cave just because he never had the courage to take the next step. So, let me get this straight. You've had this tape all along and didn't tell anyone? You didn't think it could be useful to solving her murder? Oh, I tried to use it. <laughs> I listened to it, I, I did research, even talked to people interested in the case. To who, the murder of crows? So you know about the group. Yeah, yeah, I, I mentioned a few bits about what was on there to some of them. I did as much as I could, but I couldn't crack it. And I couldn't give it to the cops, they would have just buried it. So, I sat on it. I'm, I'm not your aunt, Tig. I'm not made up of the same stuff as she was. But you? People are already listening to you. You've created a, a movement with that a podcast of yours. And you put that to good use. That's why you should have it. That's such a cop-out, dude. So who else knows about this tape? Anyone else besides the crew? I don't think so. And what I told them was too vague to really pass on to anyone else. I do know that Beth was seeing someone off and on at the time of her death, but... Aunt Beth had a secret hookup? When? No, seriously. This is a big clue. What if she was pillow-talking? Sam, what did she dish to you about her man? Oh, I, I, look, she was my friend, but Beth kept those parts of her life very private. Well, we can figure out the logistics of my aunt's social life later. So that's it? You remain here in your hideout while you let other people do the dirty work for you? Again? It, it's not like that. Then come with us. Help us. This is your chance to help us catch this killer. You owe it to my Aunt you, Beth. What do you want from me? Huh? Nothing's changed. I'm still the same scared piece of crap I was ten years ago, okay? I, I, I can't help you. Do you want my blood on your hands, too? I think it's about time you two left. I didn't have time to hold Steiner's hand. I needed to know where he stood. Either he was helping us, or he was holding us back. It was time to move on without him. And then, finally, we listened to the long-lost tape, and everything changed. It's the end of the road for the lit killer. All of the clues he's been leaving up until now, the literary references, the obnoxious messages, the choices of victims, they've painted him into a corner. Anna Kildeen is the key. The exceptions always prove the rule. Kildeen's been listed as missing for weeks, and shame on me, I never considered her part of the case. She didn't fit the victim profile. Until I was reading over some of Steiner's notes and came across her photo and realized I'd met her before. Our connection, the person we both knew in common, sent a chill through me. The call sealed it. Her voice, the fear echoing through the line, it has to be her. I know what I have to do now. I know where I need to go. 
before we could process what we'd heard, the lit killer reared his effed up head again. Just take a listen to Ollie's message. Jake, it's me. It's Ollie. Listen, Ella is missing. She was here at the hospital with us, checking in on Max, if you can believe it. But now she's gone. And Carver's pissed about you and Wynn slipping away, too. Take... There was another clue left here. So if you could get yourselves down here, I need to see you. I need to see that you're safe. And seriously, would it kill you to answer your friggin' phone? Wynn and I are walking back into Hollow Falls General, ready to reconvene with the... Oh! There you are! What the hell happened, Ollie? How did Ella get taken? I, I, I don't know. We were just in here chilling with Max, and she stepped out, and, and then she was gone. Ugh, I hate that I'm now worried about her. Is Max still... Mm, I'm still here, girl. Don't worry about me. These meds are killing my focus, though, so don't be offended if I zone out. Can we really trust Carver's guards if they couldn't even keep an eye on one blonde girl who never shuts up? That's a fair question. I'm sorry. I know I messed up. I shouldn't have let anyone wander off alone, but you know Ella, she's so irritating, and she just keeps talking, so... It's uh, not your fault, Ollie. Wait, you said you found something? A clue? Well, the cops snagged the actual clue, but I managed to take some pictures of uh, this book. Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. One of the pages was marked, and this passage was highlighted. Here, let me scroll. Yeah, here. But his soul was mad. Being alone in the wilderness, it had looked within itself, and by heavens, I tell you, it had gone mad. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but of course, there's also another friggin' note. I took a picture of that, too. Here, give me your phone. I'll read it. Yeah, give her your phone. The noose tightens, and it requires your attention tag. No cops, no high school newspaper cronies. Ass. Finales are for heroes and villains. If you have truly succeeded where your aunt failed, you'll know where to go. If not, did anyone much care for the mayor's daughter anyway? He's taunting me. Goading me to see if I can figure out his stupid clues. If I can measure up to my Aunt Beth. Tig, you don't have to... I know where to go. Okay, so we'll go with no. you. The lit killer made it clear. I can't bring friends or the police. And I can't put you guys at risk like I did Max. Uh, distract the guards as long as you can, okay? I'm going in alone. No. No, you're not. Sam? Creepy diner dude. Brute smelling flesh. You were right, Tig. I need to square things. With you, with Beth... I can't sit back and let everything happen around me. All right, let's roll. Sam, you're with me. I'll fill you in on the way. Uh, how are you going to get past our new BFFs out there? Uh, I know a shortcut. It sidesteps the uh, honor guard by the elevator. Nice. Hey, no. You won't let us come with you, but you'll let this guy? Aunt Beth trusted him. He was her old partner. Now he's mine. No, this is total BS. We're your partners. Ollie, we can't let her do this. I know no one asked me, but this plan could totally use some work. The lid killer said no friends, no police. He doesn't know Sam's back in play, so technically, I'm still going on his terms. Just with backup, which is more than my aunt had. Come on, Sam, let's go. I'll call you guys when we have something. Remember, distract and delay. <sighs> 
Heart of Darkness is about obsession, mental illness, and the quote-unquote differences between civilized people and savages. The main character, Charles Marlowe, is a dude dealing in ivory who's headed down the Congo River. If you haven't read the book, it's also kind of like that movie Apocalypse Now. And if you haven't seen that either, I guess just think about what it would be like to go on a trip to meet up with a guy whose mental state was a question mark. My detective work has brought us to the Silco River, which empties out into Lake Deloria, a once popular camping site. I figure if we have any hope of finding Ella, it'll be here. I didn't think we'd be taking a night hike through the woods exactly. Yeah, well, neither did I, but I think following the Silco will get us to where we can... Oh, God. What was that? I don't know. Come on. Ella, are you there? Wait, Tig! Slow down! Is it a phone? No, it's a, it's a walkie-talkie. She's close. Let's go. After following Ella's voice for what seemed like an eternity, we came across a cabin. Ella, are you in here? It's Tig. We can hear you. Look, there's a closed door at the end of the hall. Ella, there she is. Ella, we got you. We're here. Help me untie her. She's burning. She likes us! We need to get her to the hospital. That's how Kurtz died. Heart of darkness. The memory flooded my mind as we worked to free Ella. My dad and Aunt Beth discussing heart of darkness over dinner one night with Abuela. How the school had just voted to ban it. My aunt, she had a friend, a teacher, who'd included the novel in his curriculum anyway. Okay, she's free. She's free too. Now, let's get out of here. Someone's coming. Can you carry Ella? I can, I can try, yes. All the clues had been right in front of us. I missed them. Aunt Beth missed them. Sam missed them. Who else was in that murder of Crow's Club with you, Sam? Uh, not a lot of people. The Hayden Block, the, uh, the Kento kids, Highsmith, and... Uh, Who else? Well, there's... He's been here this whole time. This must be his place. He led us here. Tig, get behind me. Sam, no! Sam? Sam! Sam! Oh my god, Sam! Run! Take Ella! Sam, I'm dropping this in the mail for you. The last time we talked, I said some words I didn't mean. And I'm not mad at you, okay? I'm sorry. I understand. You weren't made for this. If you get this and haven't heard from me, I love you too, Sam. You're part of my family. If I don't... 
Please send my love to Mama and my brother and my sweet niece, Tig. I hope this is just melodramatic paranoia. But if there's a chance I can save someone, save Anna Kildeen, I have to try. Run, Tig. I hear you. I know you're still out there. No running off after this murder, huh, Harry? Do you mind if I call you Harry? Or do you prefer Mr. Levinson? Why, Miss Torres? I always prefer the formal. Thank you for asking. I think it's high time you and I had words. Don't you? <laughs> On the next episode of Lethal Lit. We're where we were meant to be, Tig Torres. Poor young girl, so tormented by her aunt's tragic fall that she's driven to madness. Our love is for Einhorn's Epic Productions and iHeartRadio present Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery. Created and executive produced by Heather Einhorn and Adam Staffaroni. Written, created, and executive produced by Alex Segura and Monica Gallagher. Directed by J.B. Block. Produced by Arup Senekaila, Chris Peterson, and Sandy Smollins. Art by Rebecca Mock. Creative direction and design by Ryan McCann. With performances by Rebecca Soler, J.B. Blanc, Matt Gumley, Paul Guyatt, Jennifer Giles, Rachel Oramland, Alba Ponce de Leon, Shelley Chenoy, Luke Slattery, and Gail Artino. Post-production supervisor, Michael Sinter-Nicholas. Recording engineer and dialogue editor, Michael Schneider. Mixer, Michael Sinter-Nicholas. Sound designer, Justin Kohler. Composer, Jared Faber. Creative consultant, Monique Chavez. Studio manager, Clark Chang. Production coordination, Gail Artino and Laura Martin. Production assistants, Rachel Slotsky and Francesca Kahlo. Recorded at NYV Post in New York City. Featuring the songs Jupiter, performed by Donna Missel, courtesy of Harvest Records, under license from Universal Music Enterprises. And Guardian Alien, Performed by Dana Williams, written by Dana Williams, SCSAC, and Aaron Fenning, SCSAC, courtesy of the Royalty Network Inc., on behalf of Smig Songs, ASCAP, Cactus Palace, SCSAC, and Dana Williams. Lethal Lit, a Take Torres Mystery, is a production by Einhorn's Epic Productions for iHeartRadio. Head to TigTorres.com to share theories, discover new evidence, and follow case updates. For more information, visit EinhornsEpicProductions.com. 